Hello and welcome to another episode of The Thriving Metabolism, where we discuss everything that impacts your hormones and metabolism so that you can take control, repair the damage and lose weight consistently without making yourself miserable in the process. It's my mission to empower you so that you and your metabolism thrives and you never have to go through diet misery again. I'm Louise Digby, a registered nutritional therapist, weight loss expert, and founder of the Nourish Method to Lasting Fat Loss. In this episode, we're gonna be figuring out how to navigate feeding yourself healthy food when you have a house full of fussy eaters and you really can't be doing with cooking separate meals for everyone. For many women, eating well after having children can be more challenging because you have less time for yourself or less time to spend in the kitchen, but more mouths to feed and more palates to satisfy. And it can be a real barrier to success for many reasons. You know, you might start eating well and cooking separate meals initially, but then you've only got to have one bad day or a busy week and it all goes out the window and you feel like a failure, right? Or you might find that what you're cooking yourself is a bit bland and you're cooking a really tasty food for everyone else and feeling like you're missing out big time. So for your healthy eating to be sustainable, you really need to be eating the same as the rest of your family or at least partly the same. And what you're having needs to satisfy your taste buds and it needs to be quick in most cases. You don't wanna be spending hours in the kitchen. So how do you do that if you can't get your kids to eat much more than chicken nuggets? Well, you're about to find out. First things first, it's essential to approach mealtimes with a really positive mindset and realistic expectations. It's important to foster a relaxed atmosphere where food is seen as a joyful experience rather than a battleground. By understanding that it may take time for your kids to embrace new foods, we can cultivate patience and encourage exploration. Make sure that you set a positive tone. So as the adult, your attitude and demeanor play a significant role in setting the tone for the meal. Approach mealtimes with a calm and positive attitude, avoiding stress or pressure relating to food. Your relaxed demeanor will help create a comfortable environment for everyone. And try to avoid power struggles. You know, engaging in power struggles or coercive tactics can lead to stress and tension around food. Instead, Offer choices within healthy options to give your children a sense of autonomy and control over their food decisions. Avoid using food as a reward or a punishment because it can create really negative associations and create a tense atmosphere. Next, you could try family style dining. Family style dining is where dishes are placed in the center of the table for everyone to serve themselves. And that can promote a really relaxed meal experience. And it allows each person to choose their portions and you know try a variety of foods and really helps to encourage a, a sense of exploration and enjoyment. 
Remember that fostering a relaxed atmosphere around food takes time and consistency. Be patient and adaptable and supportive of each individual's journey towards developing a healthier relationship with food. Another effective way to improve your children's eating habits is by involving them in the cooking process. Inviting your kids into the kitchen can increase their curiosity and willingness to try new foods. From grocery shopping to meal preparation, they can get involved in lots of different ways. And you could even get them involved in the meal planning by having a list of pre-approved healthy meals and then they can pick their favorites for the week. And sometimes a little creativity can go a long way in ensuring that you and your kids receive the essential nutrients. You know, there are clever ways to sneak in those fruits and vegetables and other nutritional ingredients without your children even really realizing it. And if you're a fussy eater yourself, then you can sneak those nutrients into your own meals. Firstly, things like vegetable purees. You know, you can blend cooked vegetables like spinach and cauliflower and carrots into smooth purees and then add them to sauces and soups and stews. You know, this adds vitamins and minerals and fiber without really altering the taste or the texture. Then grated or shredded vegetables are another option. You can grate or finely chop vegetables like courgette, carrots, mushrooms, and add them to dishes like meatballs and pasta sauces and casseroles or even baked goods like muffins. And you know, the vegetables blend in with other ingredients and they add nutrition and also moisture. And you can also hide fruit. You know, you can incorporate pureed or finely diced fruits into recipes like pancakes and muffins and bread. Apple sauce and mashed bananas or grated apples work well to add natural sweetness and fiber and vitamins too. And you can sneak in extra protein by adding ingredients like lentils, quinoa or beans to dishes like soups and stews and salads. And this enhances the nutritional profile and also helps to keep them full up as well. And you could enhance the nutritional content of meals with nutritional boosters like chia seeds and flax seeds and hemp seeds or wheat jam. You know, sprinkle them onto yogurt or cereal or incorporate them into smoothies, baked goods or even homemade energy balls. Another thing you can do is prepare your own sauces and dressings using nutritious ingredients. It doesn't take long to blend together ingredients like Greek yogurt, herbs, spices, and garlic for a creamy and flavorful sauce that can be used as a dip as well, or a spread or a dressing. You could make healthier snacks that are packed with nutrition. So things like baked kale chips, or you could create homemade granola bars with oats and nuts and dried fruits, or you could whip up a batch of roasted chickpeas as a crunchy and protein rich snack. So one of the most important things you can do yourself is be a good role model. Children often look up to their parents as role models and by modeling healthy eating, we can really positively influence their choices and eating together as a family is significant and the impact it can have on your children's relationship with food is massive. And one example you can give is maintaining a balanced approach. 
where indulgences are allowed while emphasizing the importance of nourishing our bodies. You know, being too restrictive often backfires and it can create a negative relationship with food for both the children and the adults. Okay, so there's a huge amount of guidance there on getting your family to eat more nutritious food and implementing even just some of these strategies should make it easier for you to maintain your own healthy eating. Now, another key factor in maintaining healthy eating and getting healthy food on the table for everyone is finding meals that are quick and easy. And a slow cooker is great because you can just chuck all your ingredients in 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 the morning and leave it on low all day and then you can eat it whenever you're ready. And you can also make massive meals in the slow cooker. So you could eat leftovers the next day or you could freeze some portions for when you've got a busy day in the coming weeks or months. And another thing that can really save you time is buying pre-chopped veg. And you can get it in the fresh food section. And while it isn't as nutritious as the whole fruit and veg, it saves you a lot of time and it's still a good option. Or a better option, and something that's becoming more and more available, is the chopped frozen veg. You can buy chopped frozen onions and garlic and peppers and mushrooms and kale and much more. So if you've got the freezer space, that makes a huge difference. And you can also buy diced meat. You know, it sounds simple, but I really hate spending five minutes cutting up chicken breasts. So buying pre-chopped meat and pre-chopped frozen veg or fresh veg could save you a good 10 to 15 minutes in the kitchen, I reckon. There's also a big misconception that healthy food is bland and that is just so untrue. In fact, I would say that when I go out for dinner or get takeaway, 70% of the time, I prefer the home cooked version, as in if I were to cook a similar dish at home. And you know, I'm no chef. No, it isn't difficult to create tasty meals. And you know, something that I see time and time again in my clients is that once you reduce the amount of sugars and processed foods in your diet, then healthier, fresh food starts to taste better. And that's because you can actually taste the natural sweetness in things. I've had so many clients say to me, whoa, I'm really enjoying vegetables for the first time in my life and I never realized how naturally sweet they are. So giving it a little bit of time and allowing your taste buds to adjust will result in food tasting better and better as time goes on. So I hope that has been helpful and that you're feeling better equipped to get your family on board and embark on a healthy eating journey together because After all, regardless of how difficult it makes your life when you have to cook separate meals, you want your family to be healthy too and to develop a healthy relationship with food to help to prevent them having problems as they get older and start making their own food choices. So getting everyone eating the good stuff really does pay off for everyone. Okay, now it's time for my favorite fact from the past week. If you're new here, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. Every week I trawl through the new research in the world of health and nutrition to find interesting, fun, or just plain useful facts for you. So my fact this week is this. 
A high intake of allium vegetables has been linked to lower rates of non-digestive cancers. So let's decipher that fact for you. Allium vegetables include onions, shallots, garlic, chives, leeks, spring onions, they're the main ones. And these have been linked to a lower risk of cancers that occur outside of the digestive tract. So breast, prostate, ovarian, and lung are the ones that were mentioned in the study. So if you can tolerate them, cramming lots of these veggies into your meals is a really good idea. A lot of people do struggle to digest this family of vegetables though, but the green part of the leek and the spring onion tends to be better digested and chives tend to be better digested too. So if you do struggle with bloating, keeping them to a smaller part of your diet is best, but you may be able to very slowly build up your intake to improve your tolerance and even just having a little bit of these in the diet is going to have some benefits. Difficulty digesting the allium vegetables can be a sign of bacterial overgrowth in the gut and often this can be rectified with some targeted gut work so that you don't have to avoid those foods forever. Okay, this week I did a little ask me anything on Instagram. So I've got some questions for you from there. Again, if you're new here, each week I answer a listener's question and this week I've got several for you. So let's get into it. Okay, so I've got the first question up on my phone here, which is why is it so hard to change your habits and see results? Well, there's lots of reasons really. Change is hard, you know, sometimes getting through the day without, you know, even trying to make changes is hard. You've got a lot of stuff working against you, you know, lack of time, lack of energy, other people who may not be very supportive or may even be deliberately trying to sabotage your efforts. And you've also got your own ingrained limiting beliefs. These are beliefs that aren't serving you. You know, you might believe that you'll never be slim or that you're just not the kind of person who can eat well consistently. You might believe that people will treat you differently once you're slimmer. Know, perhaps more attention that you don't want and it might not feel safe for you to be slimmer and you know all sorts of other beliefs that you might not even be consciously aware of but your subconscious is and our behaviors align with our beliefs so if you believe that for example you're the type of person to give up after a few weeks then that's probably what's going to happen. You know, your behaviours will match that belief. So very often, the ladies we work with might start off really well because they're full of motivation and hope, but then these limiting beliefs can steer them off track. So we really have to recondition ourselves and do the mindset work so that we can create new beliefs that are going to take us all the way to our goals. And when you're trying to change habits, Many people make the mistake of trying to change everything at once. You know, you might want to drink more water, eat fewer carbs, do more exercise, get more sleep, etc., etc. But this is just too much. You know, you really must break it down into baby steps and focus on one thing at a time. Even just drinking more water, you know, to achieve that, we actually have to change several things. 
We might need to start having a glass of water as soon as we wake up. We might need to get used to carrying around and refilling a bottle of water throughout the day. We might need to swap some of our other drinks for water. And we might need to even factor in more toilet breaks. You know, we'll probably need to get into the habit of washing up our water bottle every night or every couple of nights. You know, even just making this one change of drinking more water has lots of elements to it. So we really overestimate how much we're able to achieve, especially when life is busy. So I think if you're finding that changing habits is really hard, I would take baby steps, work on your mindset and your beliefs, and also get some accountability. It is so much easier to follow through with our intentions when we are held accountable. Okay, on to the next question. Okay, so how can I sort my hormones out to lose some weight? This menopause weight gain is awful. Well, unfortunately, that's a tricky question to answer. You know, this whole podcast and, you know, what I do with my clients is all about helping women with this menopausal, perimenopausal weight. And there's many different factors that we have to consider, like gut bacteria, stress levels, toxic load, inflammation, intolerances, nutrient levels, and more. Because these are all things that impact your hormone balance and therefore your weight management. So to address that menopause weight, you've really got to go deeper than just trying to burn more calories than you consume. Okay, next question. How do I work out what my calorie deficit should be? And my answer to that is that you don't need to. The very first episode of this podcast was called Why Calories Don't Matter. And I definitely recommend going back and listening to that because as I said with the previous question, there is so much more to losing weight than just how many calories you're eating. And that's just one piece of the puzzle. And when you get hormones balanced, your body is extremely good at regulating calorie intake through its appetite alone. So in most cases, you really don't need to figure out your calorie deficit. And the last question is, I have to force myself to eat, but I'm still overweight despite eating enough. How? And this question just goes to prove my point that there's more to weight loss than calorie balance. I've seen this many times and have even seen women who have had gastric bands and struggled with extremely stubborn weight after the initial weight loss. This combination of stubborn weight and lack of appetite is absolutely indicative of a sluggish metabolism. If you're not feeling hungry, your metabolism isn't getting fired up and you're not burning many calories at all. And This could be because there are imbalances at a metabolic level that impacts how you are burning fats and processing your fuel. And that comes back to the nutrients and hormones and inflammation and all those other things that I mentioned. And it is often also linked to a lack of lean muscle. So something you can do right away is start strength training, start lifting heavy weights to help build lean muscle. Don't worry, it won't make you bulk out. Increasing muscle will increase how much energy you burn at rest, helping you to burn more fat, even when you're not exercising. 
All right, that is everything that I've got for you today. Thank you so much for joining me. If you'd like to talk to me about anything that I've discussed in this episode, you can reach me on Facebook and Instagram by searching at Louise Digby Nutrition. And if you want to get your question answered on the podcast, you can send me an email at louise at louisedigbynutrition.com pop podcast in the subject or you can pin me a message on facebook or instagram and if you're enjoying this podcast please head to apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts click follow or subscribe and leave a review thanks again and i'll see you next time